As we prepare to hear God's word read and proclaimed, let us pray. Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We continue today working through the parables in Matthew chapter 13 with two brief parables in verses 44 through 46. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have good news and bad news about these two brief parables. Here's the good news. If we read them allegorically, we can dispense with them quickly and go eat lunch. In an allegorical reading, the kingdom of heaven is the buried treasure or the pearl. So whatever we have to do to acquire this valuable commodity, go and do it. Done. Let's eat. Here's the bad news. As tempting as it is to turn this and any of Jesus' parables into allegories, it's generally not how they are meant to be interpreted. Parables are not easy explanations of the gifts and challenges of the spiritual life. Parables are an invitation to a world turned upside down. They are meant to make us feel the way you might have felt when you were handed the bulletin today or saw the image for today's sermon on your screen. Parables make us feel uncomfortable, itchy, unsettled. We may not like the way it makes us feel, but Jesus tells parables to turn our world upside down and invite us to question everything. In the first parable, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasure that someone finds. Well, how did they find it? Were they looking for it or did they just stumble upon it? Did they recognize it for what it was, or did they have to go have it appraised in some ancient version of the antique roadshow? It's an odd story, right? And what the person who finds the treasure does with it doesn't seem particularly moral. In fact, it's rather deceitful, finding a treasure and then buying the field you buried it in to make it yours. Is that the kind of behavior we're supposed to associate with the kingdom of God? Jesus' first listeners were probably wondering the same things. But while they were still trying to find their footing in that upside-down world of that parable, Jesus tells another one. In this parable, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a merchant who buys and sells pearls. Immediately, Jesus' listeners would have been even more on edge. 
because merchants weren't role models for the subsistence farmers and fishermen Jesus would have been talking to, they were suspect. They're people who make their money buying and selling things that other people made, and they were regarded with suspicion. Just as merchants were seen as categorically suspect, pearls were categorically valuable. They aren't even in the same category as fine gems like rubies or emeralds or diamonds. They're in a class all their own. Now, unlike the person who happens to find a treasure hidden in a field, the merchant is looking for valuable pearls. He knows what he wants, and he's not satisfied with what he has. And when he finds a pearl more valuable than anything he knew to even imagine, he sells everything he has to make that pearl his own. Let me just make sure that last part sinks in. To buy this single pearl, the merchant sells everything he has. It's not he sells all of his existing business assets to acquire and sell a more valuable asset and thus make a profit. It's not he sits down with an Excel spreadsheet to determine whether this investment will be profitable in a reasonable period of time. It's not he brings together a group of partners to mitigate the financial risk each of them takes on by buying this pearl. He sells everything, all his assets. He liquidates his business and everything else he owns, land, house, furniture, jewelry, clothes. He trades it all for a pearl, which I probably don't need to point this out, but you can't live in or eat or clothe yourself much with a pearl. As one commentator notes, the modern analogy analogy would be to put all one's eggs in a single basket, but at least eggs can be breakfast. Now are things feeling upside down? Jesus paints these pictures of two people who joyfully sell everything they have to buy one thing of great value. So here in this upside-down, uncomfortable place, I wonder if Jesus is inviting us to ask some hard questions. Questions like, what are we seeking? What is the thing we are convinced that once we finally have it, life will fall into place? What is the desire that nags at us and makes us restless? What is the one thing for which we would joyfully give up everything? If you're like me, when you're honest about the answers you might give to those questions, you might wonder whether you're on the right track. Because our culture has most of us convinced that if we just work hard enough, strive diligently enough, we can achieve whatever it is we want. 
In her recently published book, Never Enough, When Achievement Culture Becomes Toxic and What We Can Do About It, the journalist Jennifer Behaney Wallace tells how she tried to make sense of what she noticed when she was raising her three children, that their childhood seemed categorically different from her own. As she put it, homework was much more demanding, sports and extracurriculars were so much more intense, weekends were so much busier. She writes, I remember standing on the sidelines of my then eight-year-old son's travel soccer game one cold and rainy afternoon, looking around at the other parents and wondering, how is everyone else pulling this off year after year and with multiple children? Why are we even doing this? In her research, she read studies about what scientists call adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, and how these impact a child's health and well-being, not just in childhood, but well into adulthood. These studies listed ACEs like growing up in poverty and experiencing food and housing insecurity and other traumas, things all of us would agree are not healthy for children or adults for that matter. But then she came across some more recent studies that had identified a new at-risk group. Not children growing up in poverty, but children at the other end of the economic spectrum. Those, we would think, have all the resources and privileges they need to ensure health and meaning and success in life. But the research shows that students who attend competitive schools, both public and private, Schools with high test scores and a rich offering of academics and extracurriculars, these students are also at high risk of behavioral and mental health problems that impact them into adulthood. In fact, some of their health outcomes are similar to those of their peers growing up in poverty. It turns out that neither poverty nor wealth ultimately determines our experiences of meaning and belonging or the degree to which we know that we matter to our families, our communities, and our world. In today's parables, the person who finds the treasure and the merchant who finds a pearl and then sells everything to acquire them may look like they're making some questionable decisions. Why give up everything to acquire a single thing, even a thing of great value? But what if in this upside-down world of the parable, Jesus is showing us what it looks like to know what matters most, to recognize what is actually most valuable, and be willing to do whatever it takes to get it, even if what it takes is everything. Growing up, Allie Kasparian did all the right things. She got her bachelor's degree and a good corporate job. She bought a house and a car, and then she got married. Things went wrong when her husband became abusive. 
At one point, he physically assaulted her so badly, she almost died. After a long recovery, she decided to relocate to the mountains of Western North Carolina, but the only job she could find there was cleaning houses. Every month, she had to choose between paying her rent and buying food. For the first time in her life, she went to food pantries where she was mostly given shelf-stable canned and processed foods. Even though she would have preferred fresh foods, she couldn't afford them. And she started asking questions about why the food pantries didn't have fresh fruits and vegetables. She was told that people like her didn't want them. So the grocery stores gave their leftovers to pig farmers in the area. But Allie knew there were lots of people like her who struggled with food insecurity but longed for healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables like you would find at a farmer's market. So she found a grocery store willing to give her their leftover produce, and she set up a card table at her local farmer's market and gave it away for free. Eventually, Allie started a nonprofit called Bounty and Soul, which is now open twice a week in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And if you go there, you will see a sign that says, Market Today, No Cost. And that's when you know this is an upside-down, parable kind of place. It looks just like a farmer's market. There are tables of fresh food, people milling around, dogs and kids, laughter, music, and conversation. But like the sign says, there's no cost for anything. No money changes hands. And as Allie likes to say, love is at the center. She's created a place not just where anyone can get fresh food, but where everyone matters simply because they are human, and humans need to eat. Allie lost everything, but she found the one thing that mattered most, the one place where she matters and where everyone else matters too. In the parable of the pearl, the merchant doesn't just sell everything he has to buy one pearl of great value. In selling everything, he also gives up his identity. Because a merchant who no longer has the means to buy and sell is no longer a merchant. He's just a guy with a pearl. A guy who gave up everything to get the one thing that mattered. What is it we are seeking? What is the thing we are convinced that once we have it, our life will finally fall into place? What is the desire that nags at us and makes us restless? What is the one thing that could compel us to give up everything, not just our stuff, but our very identities, the ways that we understand and define and present ourselves to the world. Well, here in this upside-down, parable place we call church, we try to answer those very 
questions. We try to figure out our pearl of great value. We discern together what matters most to us and to God. We take off the labels that define us and become a place where everyone belongs and where everyone is fed. There's no price of admission, no cost for the nourishment we receive at the Lord's table. Here, Jesus welcomes us into this upside-down world of God's kingdom and invites us to lay down everything we are and everything we have so that our hands and our hearts are empty and open when we come to receive this bread and this cup, which remind us who we really are and what matters most, which is, in the end, the most valuable gift in all the world. Amen.